Extraordinary stories from across Scottish football communities. This is the SPFL Trust Football Powered Podcast. Hello and welcome to the SPFL Trust Football Power Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Gray. For each round of the SPFL Trust Trophy, we bring you some of the best stories from Scottish football communities. Things are hotting up with only eight teams remaining as we enter the quarter-final stage of the competition. We'll chat about the upcoming games and tell the story of Ryan Beatty, our Broth Community Trust Trust Manager, who also delivers the changing room using his own mental health experiences. And on the pitch, we'll hear from Wraith Rovers Josh Mullen and our bros Michael McKenna. First, a short clip to give you a bit of background on Ryan's mental health journey. Walking through the door is the hardest part. Once you're through that door, there's almost like this weight off your shoulders that you've made that first step. And something as simple as a conversation can change that outlook that you're not on your own. So I delivered the, the changing room programme here um, in partnership with SPFL Trust and Sam H. Looking at things that we can do to improve our mental health. It can be something as simple as going for a walk as part of the session. Um, and the second half is, is a bit of a conversation. You know, let, let's just chat. How was your week? You know, what's gone well? What, what have you struggled with? How are you feeling? Just a bit of conversation, a bit of human element. I think the power of talk is, is huge. I, I spent a lot of time not confronting my mental health problems and a lot of that came from just not talking about it. My own journey started at 15 years old. Um, my mum passed away really, really suddenly. It was the kind of traumatic element of that was basically shaped my life. And although there have been a lot of really negative impacts on my life over the years, there has been positives that's come from it. I think to actually know what it feels like to be that low or to, to see yourself on this downward spiral is just something that, that it makes it a little bit easier to relate to people. Although we're all from different places, we, we all share the same battle. You know, there's, there's still an element of toxic masculinity in the world where, you know, I don't need help, I don't need that support, I'll deal with it myself. But when you actually get these guys in a room, it's amazing how quick they, they open up and they realise the penny drops for them that you know what, maybe I do need a bit of help, maybe I do need just that little bit of support, somebody to come down and have a coffee and a chat with and talk about the football. I think the success stories are, are great. To see them out on the terraces with a smile on their face or walking through the town or you know, messaging, do you fancy a coffee this afternoon is, is great because you're seeing people kind of go back to the old version of them and maybe even an improved version of themselves. And I think that the lives that it changed, we've, we've had you know, comments from participants that it has, it has stopped them from, from making that, that choice to, to end their life. So I'm now joined by Ryan from our Broth FC Community Trust. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm alright mate, how's yourself? I'm all good, I'm all good. Been been a good day today getting to hear more about your story and, and doing some filming about our broth. Um and, and the film was really, really good. So yeah, thank you very much for that. But um go into things a little bit in more detail here. Um so firstly can you just tell me a bit about the changing room at, at our broth and yeah. our broth community trust? Yeah, of course. So we we kinda heard about the changing room at SPFL Trust Conference last year. Um, back in 2022 um, and it wasn't something we were running at the time we were aware that it was it was around and and that it was you know what, what it was there for and, and what it would do we kind of we spoke to fair a little bit when we were there and just kind of expressed a bit of an interest in it and uh, 
you know, mental health at the moment is is really prevalent. Um, the, the challenges that a lot of people are facing, and and especially in our growth, there's there's been a lot of mental health challenges of late. So we we kind of got on board then. Uh, Ross, who delivered the first part of our first cohort, um, did the training, and then Georgia and I did it as well. And obviously, it is focused towards men, but with we, we kind of felt that. You know, if we really want to kind of showcase a program, Georgia's role is is community um, programs. So, Ferdinand were great with her and just said, "Look, come along and, and kind of see what it is we're doing, yeah. and makes it easier to kind of showcase a project if if you've seen it and you believe in it." So, yeah, totally. so we started our our first cohort this year. We're on week I think it's week week seven or week eight tonight. Um, Ross did the first couple of weeks, but then moved on to pastures new. So, so I decided to take over. Um, and it's been great. It's it's a great great project. It's it's pretty game changing, I think. To be mm. honest, it's it's different than what's out there. Um, and yeah, already like like I say, we're only on cohort one, um, and we're we're seven eight weeks in, and we're seeing change. You know, we're yeah. see, we're seeing a difference. And obviously, we've spoke about this a little bit already. But how well placed are our both as a community club to to run this program for for people in the area? You know, our both it's you'll you've see yourself and obviously you've seen the video, you know, the, the words that are around this ground are things like togetherness, community, respect. And and that's that's not just slogans, it's not just taglines, it's it's the, the, the core belief of the club is is to really embed itself in the community. And it's not a huge community, we're sort of twenty ish thousand um in the town, so you know, we're nowhere near an Edinburgh, Glasgow or even a Dundee, um, in terms of size, but you know the the club is, I suppose you could say the lifeblood of, of part of the community. Yeah. It it engages with a huge amount of people every week, not just through football on the pitch, but the projects off the pitch, the the work in schools, the community football academy that we run, the women's team, the women's recreational team. You know, there's, I, I think you'll be, you'll find the struggle to find somebody in the town that's not in some way linked to the club or the the yeah. community trust indirectly. So. Yeah, and obviously the changing room you've be, you've touched on the fact that you've been delivering that for the last couple of weeks since since Ross moved on to Pastures New, and you've been quite open about your own mental health experiences. Um, can you tell me a bit a bit more about about that and your yeah? Um, so you know we touched on it in the video that my my kind of own experiences started at you know teenage years, um, death of a parent, you know, really traumatic kind of circumstances. Mental health's played a huge part of my own life since then, really. Um, kind of under the radar initially, kind of internalised struggles, didn't really communicate with anybody about them, didn't talk to friends, family, um, and, and anybody I knew, really. And I kind of got to about 30 and realised just how bad my mental health was, to be honest, and kind of felt that I, I kind of owed a bit of a... I was, I was doing a bit of a disservice to my own family. You know, my kids, my partner, we just... It wasn't fair on them to kind of deal with the the kind of low side, but not really have an idea of why that was occurring, what was going on. Yeah. Um, and you know, we all want to be role models for for our for our own kids, for kids in the community. And I can't really be a role model to my own kids and encourage them to talk about their, you know, their their feelings, their emotions, their thoughts. If if I'm not doing it, so, you know, I thought it was it was probably a good time for me. Went to a few things, you know, tried a bit of counselling, a bit of CBT. Um, Engage with a couple of peer support programs. I, I tended to find a lot of it wasn't really for me. It just didn't. It didn't hit. 
Yeah. It just didn't quite didn't quite connect for me. Um had some not great counselling, just you know, it's out there. Had some quite good counselling. I think finding the right counsellor is probably a good message to people is mm-hmm. that, you know, just because it doesn't work once doesn't mean it's not gonna work. And that yeah. was that was kind of my experience. Um and then things like finding out about projects like the change rooms, I'll be honest, I kinda wish I'd known about this a project like this twenty years ago. Yeah. Because the thing for me that, that I really enjoy about the changing room is it's it's there is a in effect a peer support environment in it because you you talk quite openly if you want to if you feel comfortable, but also there's the kind of I suppose you would say the skills that you learn through the project that that kind of helps you along the way because the the thing with me my kind of thought process about a peer support group is that you know it's brilliant for for offloading for downloading every week and. And letting people know that you're struggling, which is phenomenal, and it's it's worth its weight in gold. Mm-hmm. But at the end of that, you don't necessarily develop any skills that then allow you to to kind of implement and in, implement them into your mental health journey. Yeah. So you're you're not really developing and and helping yourself in the, in the long run at times. Whereas a pro- a project like this, it gives you an opportunity to learn some things that could be even identifying what your triggers are. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't know what your triggers are, it, it can be pretty challenging. You put yourself in circumstances or situations that will trigger you without realising that you're yeah. doing it. So, you know, things like that, that just opportunities to do a little bit of individual learning on a on on the subject of mental health is, is pretty invaluable. Yeah, for sure. And it must feel good and really valuable for you as well to know that you're you're helping people in, in this community in our broth, like you mentioned, where it's not a big community and you know a lot of people from being out and about in the streets. Yeah, it's, you know, we don't have phenomenal numbers. We're not sitting with 10, 15, 20 guys on a Tuesday night. We've got a few at the moment. But the the thing for me is if, if there's one person that comes along that, you know, is, is in a pretty you know, sorry state that just yeah. just are really struggling. If it if it helps that one person that come along and just have a chat and a bit of banter, mm-hmm. it's it's worth it. And it's you know, you see I think we touched on it in the video and just just chatting off air that it's you know, to see these these guys in the terraces that maybe haven't been around for up to years because they've just they've been struggling and, and just a little bit of intervention in the in the, the format of a chat. Yeah. You know, can can be game changing, and you see these guys on the terraces that now are, they're they're talking a bit more openly with their friends, um, with their friends and family, with with us, um, engaging in some of our other projects, which is great. That's what we're finding is that some of the people that we're we're meeting through various projects, they're all quite quite interlinked. So yeah. we've got a couple of people from um, the change room at the moment who will benefit from festive friends. Yeah. You know, suffer from a bit of social isolation um, and they'll get the benefit of festive friends because they'll come along on the 22nd of December and get a meal and we've got, we, we brought a singer in last year. Mm-hmm. So just little things that, that make their day a little bit. So, you know, something like that, this this kind of joined up approach is what we've looked at with, not just with the changing room, but with all the kind of projects that we do. And then the links like we kind of touched on um, before with, other local groups reach across um, in our growth who are a brilliant mental health charity. Um, it just gives us, you know, a bit more of a joined up approach yep. um, to kind of combating and tackling mental health, which is which is great. Yeah, absolutely. And that lived experience is, is so valuable as well. And of course, you 
use your own experience to help deliver the change in them? Yeah, definitely. It's you know, it's I think the key word when it comes to, to mental health conversations is empathy. I mean, I, going through my life, I've I've had scenarios where you know I'll talk openly to people and and you get sympathy and sympathy and empathy are, are very very different things. And I don't want people to feel sorry for me. Yeah. Far from it. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to. You know, if I'm if I'm talking to somebody about mental health, I want it to help them. Yeah. I don't want it to be about me. I don't want you know. Oh, that, that's a shame that you went through that. It's. I want to use my my experiences to to help others to to have a bit of confidence to talk about it to to be able to relate to them that you know I don't always know but I kind of know where where you are at the moment I've, I've felt those feelings of yeah. despair of anguish of anger frustration sadness all the words that you know link to the emotions that that we feel through it so yeah it's just it's it's actually quite I suppose therapeutic potentially for me as well to to know that you know it, it kind of reassures me to some extent that you know other people feel the same as I do as well. Even now, after sort of twenty three years of of kind of mental ill health, I suppose you could say that you know that even now that having that reassurance that you know you're not the only one. There's there's a lot of people out there with with these challenges, and you know you look at suicide rates and self harming, and that it's it's frightening now, especially in men, yeah, especially in sort of that. 16 to 35 category mm-hmm. is, is a really challenging one um, and even now the rates in higher kind of age demographics are going up and yeah. up and up. Yeah and the message to to talk is, is such an important one which I know that, that you spread here at, at Arbroath Community Trust and it's something that as we said previously is becoming more common but you know needs to happen more and more. Oh definitely it's you know I think so many people kind of suffer in silence I've just not, I don't know if it's a lack of willingness to open up or fear, I think is, is a big one. You know, you don't want to be judged. It's, and it's, you know, it's one of those things here. There's there's no shame in breaking your leg. Why should there be any shame in, you know, feeling that you're, you know, things things aren't right? Yeah. And it's, you know, you, you, you can definitely argue that a mental health condition can, can have a more catastrophic effect. Some things you can recover from, mm-hmm. you know, relatively well. You break a leg know with, with the right surgeon and the right bit of physio afterwards you can go back to normal life and yeah. it's never an issue again it's not always the case with mental health you know it tends to be that if if you've had a mental health condition it it potentially is always something that you're conscious of it may not affect you again for the rest of your life but it's something that you I suppose you learn to either live with or yeah. you learn to see the signs so that you can have these interventions so it doesn't happen again yeah yeah absolutely and so there's a lot of other programmes um, that, that you run here at Arbroath FC Community Trust. So can you tell me a bit more about uh, the work that, that's going on generally at the minute? Yeah, definitely. So we, we currently have two other full-time members of staff, three including myself, um, and we've got a, a part-time member of staff. So he came in um, just about six weeks ago now, uh, and he's on the long-term unemployed scheme in partnership with DWP and, and Angus Council. So... Um, he's come in to do a, a six-month placement, fully employed by us, yep. um, and is as much part of the team as Rich or Georgia in terms of football and community. Um, and it's just something that we wanted to provide was to to provide you know learning opportunities, life skills, employability skills, and it's going great. Um, so you know that's definitely one of our, our 2023 highlights. And you know there's a huge amount going out there. We talk about festive friends. Obviously, is a huge project for us. 
Um, there is a lot of social isolation in Arbroath, especially among the older kind of generation. Yeah. Um, so it, you know, it's it's always well received. We're we're always massively oversubscribed on it. And last year we we managed to bring in a bit of extra funding externally to to open it up to to some more people, which was was great. Um, we launched a community cafe uh, just at the November last year, I think it was. So that's going well. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's one of those projects that you wish there wasn't a need for. Yeah, but but there is. So yeah. so let's do something about it. So we are we're delivering about uh, we're we're providing about 120 meals a week, which is great on a, a Monday and Thursday at the moment. Um, and it's again, it's kind of that interlinked with so many other projects that we've got benefits support in there. We've got mental health support in there. We've got just opportunities for people to get a bit of additional help. You know, you go along for a bowl of soup and a toasty, yep. but you leave with a bit of support on your benefits or mm-hmm. a bit of mental health support or a bit of signposting to um, Citizens Advice Bureau, for example. So, you know, that's turned into quite a, a, a beneficial project for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, the, the list is almost endless. We're linking in well with, with quite a few of the local schools. We've delivered... Um, anti-racism uh, training at schools over the past few years. Um, we're also kind of tied up with the local charities, um, Reach Across being, being one of our main ones, uh, and Skills, who are a local provider as well, who started off in football and have now moved into kind of multi-sports and education. Um, and again, we're delivering through our what we called our football academy, our community academy, um, a range of kind of football opportunities within yep. the town, so men's rec, women's rec, we launched our women's team, which is great. Been a massive buzz around the town um, for women's football because there's there's never been an Arbroath FC women's team. Mm-hmm. Been a couple of teams have come and gone in Arbroath for for women's football, but never a, an official club side. So it's great to kind of see that buzz and yep. the the passion that some of the women have in that team who are Arbroath based women who for you know their whole childhood and into to adulthood never had somewhere to play for Arbroath. They mm-hmm. would go to Montrose, for for Farmington, Dundee, Dundee United, those those sorts of areas, and now have this outlet. And we had uh, Kelly Clark up uh, a few weeks ago at training, and obviously an Arbroath girl, um, yeah. Celtic captain, you know, a very very accomplished player, and even she was totally overwhelmed by the fact that there is finally an Arbroath team, and you know, women who women and girls who come to to Gayfield week in week out as really loyal supporters. Mm-hmm. Now have something to aspire to. You know, yeah. I, w- I want to play for that badge. I want to play with a maroon jersey on on a on a Sunday afternoon. So it's been it's been brilliant. We've we've actually got our captain Joanna. Um, she she works at Arbroath High, and she's got twelve year old girls asking her for an autograph. <laughs> you know, we're it's not yeah. as if we're even prem level. Pl- yeah. You know, a club at the moment we're playing in SWFL North, and it's but to have girls with that aspiration is yeah. phenomenal. It's yeah. it's great. Yeah, absolutely, and. As it is um, with a club like Arbroath, I mean, you, you've told me today about the, the en- almost endless list of jobs that you've got yourself. So you're involved with the women's team, obviously in a kind of managerial coaching role, the social media and, and the stadium announcer all on top of your kind of trust responsibilities. So obviously, again, that just shows how much of a community club Arbroath is and how tight-knit everything is. That's it. It's... It- it's such a cliche, but it's it's quite a family feel. You know, we all help each other out. Paul, who's the commercial director, um, we were up here on Friday helping set up hospitality for Saturday because, you know, the, the, 
the the staff who who were doing hospitality need a hand. Yeah, you know we're up here doing things like that. We had we had new numbers for the seats out in the stand. Kieran it was was out putting the numbers on the seats mm-hmm. and and like you say, I've somehow been roped into doing match day announcing social media the women's team it just you know it's one of those things where you just want everything to succeed you want Mm -hmm. you know you see a new project and you think you know what this is actually really worthwhile we'll put in a a bit of effort to do it and we've kind of got a bit of an ethos if if we're going to do it we're going to do it right yeah and I think the women's team is probably one of the best examples of that because you know it's we, we are lucky that you know we do have the support that we've got and we've got support from local businesses for sponsorship and you know not not every club's as lucky as that you know that it, we all know the challenges that are faced by by small clubs and establishing sides that want to to kind of grow the game, um, but we've been really well supported and you know it's just it's grown and grown and growing that just that, that community input everybody wants to be involved and you know we looked at it we were talking about it off air you go outside and the sponsorship opportunities that there are at Gayfield are, are you know they're they're akin to what it is in the Premier League. Yeah. You know the the hoardings around the side of the pitch are they're everywhere. There's you know the walls, the the stands are named stands, much like you would get at Ibrox or Celtic Park or you know the 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 kind of bigger teams. So it's it's great to kind of see that professionalism mm-hmm. at, at what's kind of construed as obviously a part time club. So because there is, I think there is a bit of a misconception that you look at. You know our target's always to be the best part time club in in Scotland. Yeah. Um, I think that be great to be the best part-time club anywhere and we're probably not far off it um <laughs> but yeah just to we although we're part-time mm-hmm. we want to be the the best that there is that, you know yeah. we want to set that example for for other clubs and and we do we you know we get clubs c- communicating with us that are you would perceive to be bigger clubs and mm-hmm. how do you do this what what are you doing with this you know i was spfl trust conference i was going to be on one of the panels about building those relationships between clubs and trusts yeah um because there are challenges there, you know, a club at times can be a bit more commercial, a trust is obviously looking to still bring in revenue, but obviously it's spent in very different ways, yes. so there, there can be kind of challenges there, but it's something that we've done impeccably well, and I think Paul Reid obviously, who came from Dundee United, was there for over 20 years, came in here to, I suppose, what would be perceived as a smaller club, mm-hmm. um, but has worked wonders, and, and a big part of that is making sure that as a, a wider kind of umbrella organisation, we're we're all aligned. We do, you know, we're all working the same way. We all pull in the same direction. Yep. There's no sort of the club want to do one thing, the trust want to do the other. You know, we, you've seen it yourself. We sit in the office. The mm-hmm. doors are open. We we shout through across the corridor, um, and it's you know we're, we're we are a kind of a bit of a family to be honest. Yeah, it's great to see a, a club and a community trust working together and and doing. Uh, amazing things for for the people of of our broth. So, congratulations on that, and thank you very much for for sharing your your story with us. It's much appreciated. No, you're very welcome, mate. Any time. Coming up next, we have some football chat with Wraith Rovers Josh Mullen and our broth Michael McKenna. But first, it's time for the halftime highlights, a run through of some football powered stories from across the country. It's been great to see programmes funded by the SPFL Trust Innovation Fund kicking off around the country. Seven community trusts were awarded funding to help alleviate poverty in their local community. Congratulations to Cashback Off The Bench participants at the Falkirk Foundation who have completed the programme. Cashback Off The Bench provides young people with an opportunity to access education, physical and mental health support to build better futures. 
A huge well done to a team from Morton in the community who competed in the Team United Autism League last month. The team went unbeaten in their six games played. And Rangers fans David Evely and Kevin Nielsen have completed the Poor Circle Marathon in Greenland, raising thousands of pounds for the Rangers Charity Foundation. They were part of an elite group of just 150 and completed the Arctic run in around five hours. In Paisley, St Mirren FC Charitable Foundation welcomed some of the Renfrew Vicks Academy along to the Smyza Stadium to take part in the programme ahead of the game, which teaches players, parents and coaches to talk openly about their mental health. Staying with the buddies, the Charitable Foundation recently celebrated their fifth anniversary. A huge thank you to all of their staff and volunteers who have delivered hugely impactful work in the community over the last five years. And another milestone, a huge congratulations goes to our CEO Nicky Reid who has recently celebrated 10 successful years at the SPFL Trust. And welcome back to the second section of the podcast where we'll speak to Wraith Rovers Josh Mullen and our broths Michael McKenna. First though, let's take a look at the quarter-final fixtures. Hamilton Aki's face Wraith Rovers in a repeat of last year's final. Falkirk welcomed Dundee United. Our broth travelled to face the New Saints, a big trip there. And Greenock Morton welcome Airdrie Onions after Airdrie Onions defeated Rangers B in the late round four fixture. And we're now joined by Josh Mullen from Wraith Rovers. Josh, how you doing? Yeah, all good, thanks very much for having me. Pleasure, pleasure to have you on. You must be looking forward to your fixture next week against Hamilton Ackies in the SPFL Trust Trophy. Uh-huh. Um, I think uh, obviously we've got a big game this weekend first um, against Queen's Park and then we're on to cup, cup action next week but it's another it's another great opportunity for the, the club to try and go um, another step further. Obviously Hamilton are doing well this year as well so it, it's got the makings of a great game, a great cup game. Yeah, it absolutely does. It's, it's a repeat of, of the final last season so I guess you and, and the rest of the boys will be looking to get a wee bit of revenge, if you like, because Hamilton Hamilton won on that occasion. But you know you'll be wanting to go that one step further and, and try and win it again because Wraith Rovers have been successful in this competition in recent years. Uh, listen, I think that's just the way the club is now. They want to be successful in every competition that we're in. Um, I think that you kind of you look from the the teams that been put out um, in the previous games. The manager's serious about the competition, and and so is the boys. So. Listen, everybody wants to win a win a trophy, win a cup. So, uh-huh, we'll be doing everything we possibly can to, to try and make that happen next week. Yeah, and you mentioned obviously Hamilton are are going well at, in League One, kind of a couple of points off Falkirk, who are who are the league leaders. But what are you expecting from them in, in this one? Uh, I think they're a very a very different team this year. Um, I think they've also been playing very much in the front foot. Uh, attacks they up with. Obviously, I know ranks um, the manager there. And, and he wants to play. If he wants to play it in the right way, so yeah. I think you'll you'll see two two football teams going at it next week. Um, they'll be confident, like you said. They obviously they they kind of hold that just now, so they'll be confident just like ourselves. Uh huh. It will be it will be an exciting game. Yeah, and obviously I mentioned Hamilton have had a, a successful start to their season, but obviously yourselves at Wraith Rovers have had a, a really really good run and um, this season so far. So you'll be confident as well. Uh-huh. No, definitely. We've had, a, we've had a good start. That That's all it is, to be fair, obviously. I think the, the big thing is when you look back on Saturday and the boys are disappointed with taking seven points out of nine. Um, when you look at we've played a derby, 
away to Morton and then home to Airdrie. So um, I think that shows where, where the club's at just now. Um, I've played this, this league a few times and less than seven points out of nine when you put in kind of Morton away and stuff. That's a great return, but like I said, the boys were, were disappointed with that. So we're just looking forward to starting out to see if we can go and get another good three points. Yeah, how how much of the success goes down to the managers and the kind of new infrastructure at the club? Uh, a lot of it. Um, a lot of it. I think obviously you see what the new owners have come in and done. Um, you've obviously got Dean, you've got Andrew Barryman, you've got John Potter. Um, the three guys that love football and are passionate about everything they do. And then you look at the manager who. I think he's obsessed with football. He wants to, he just loves it, and like I said, he wants to play football in the right way. Um, it was it was the Dunfermline game actually came in at half time, and we weren't great. And he said, "Look, he said I'd rather lose the game by trying to play the right way. I'll take the blame. I'll take the criticism." So I uh, had want they they kind of put uh, pass positive messages uh, constantly, like like I said, to get the boys to go and express themselves and go and play, and and that's just the way they are. They back the boys a hundred percent. That's the the manager's last message before you go on before you go on um, a Saturday is just be positive. If you lose the ball, you lose the ball and that's just the way he wants his team to play. Yeah, and it's it really seems like there's there's strength and depth at, at the Rovers this season and that's really what, a big factor of what's needed to, to be successful in the Championship. Uh, we've got a great squad here. Um, we've got a really good squad. Uh, I think we've been a wee bit unfortunate uh, early with, with some injuries, but listen, there's, there's boys back now, so like I said, I was training this morning, and there was a great group out there today, um, we're finally getting boys back in the, the training field, um, and like I say, we've got a wee bit of everything in the squad, so that's what you need when you're playing the championship. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and what do you make to what do you make of your own start to the season, how do you think you, you've started this campaign? Good, uh-huh. Um, like I say, chipped in goals and assists, and um, I think I'm I'm probably different to the to the other players here. You'll you maybe see kind of I try to think uh, people that pop out of my head, maybe like Dal Neeson and stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm more kind of direct, and that that's what my game's about. So, like I say, I just think when I say we've got a we've got a bit of everything. Um, it's a great it's a great mixture to have. And like I said, I've played this league many times, and and that's what you need when when you're in the Scottish Championship. So I don't think just me. I think everybody's had a a really positive start and I think I was looking to try and continue that in the next quarter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mentioned before, um, obviously Wraith Rovers have been successful in this competition over the last couple of years. They've won it, got to the final on, on a couple of occasions as well uh, and shared the trophy with Inverness in COVID times. But what would it mean for you and the rest of the boys to go on and, and win it again? Uh-huh, definitely. I think, like I say, it's everybody, everybody wants to once they win up and you look with the, the kind of teams that um, the managers put out in the previous games, everybody's serious about winning that. Um, you don't win, you don't get the, the chance to win many trophies. So I know obviously some of the boys here have won it with Rafe. I've also won it at Ross County um, and it would be excellent to do it again. It would be a great day for the club and um, all the, the players, staff, families, etc. And that's what we'll be looking to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was it like winning the, the competition with Ross County? I spoke to to Declan McManus in, in the last round and he spoke a bit about that day and obviously he was your, he was your teammate then but what was it like for you? Uh, it was excellent um, so I, had, I hadn't really played much in the, the competition um, we were I don't think it was any secret we were kind of pushing for the league um, so the, the manager was very fair in, in his team selections and changed up we still had a very strong team out so I never started 
in the final um, and we went 1-0 down. And I think I came on about 60 minutes or something. It was in, in scored two within five minutes to put us two up. So look, for me, it was an incredible, incredible feeling. Obviously, an incredible achievement to win it as well. But listen, when you're scoring two goals in a cup final, it's, it's that more special. Yeah, game changer, game changer. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, best of luck for, for the game next week against Hamilton. I'm sure it'll be a really, really good encounter. And Wraith, I'm sure, will um, have a big back in there because they're a real, a real community club, aren't they? Uh, no, definitely. The fans this season have been absolutely outstanding. Um, I think you're, you're over 3,000 every home game. Um, and then you look at the crowds we've took away, Hibs, Dunfermline, etc., you're up about 1,800. So yeah. uh, they've been excellent. And listen, it helps us massively. So another, another big thanks to them. Yeah, brilliant. Josh, thank you very much. I appreciate that, mate. Thanks very thanks. much. Cheers. So I'm now joined by our bros, Michael McKenna. Michael, how you doing? Good, thank you. Doing very well. Good pleasure to have you on the podcast. Um, I'm sure you'll be you'll be looking forward um, to your your trip to face the New Saints next weekend. Yeah, really excited for it. It's obviously there's not many teams in the pre- professional leagues in Scotland, so most of us have played them all and a good few times. So it's, it's something new for us, um, and obviously it'll be a good we make a wee weekend of it, going down a, a day early and. Staying in a hotel, having some pre-match and stuff. So, uh, everyone's really excited. Yeah, no, it'll be it'll be a good experience, and I guess it's only one that you can really get in in this competition, unless, of course, you 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 make it into a European competition at some stage. But yeah, it's um, you know that this competition is, you know, it gives you that opportunity to go and go and play these these teams, like you say. So yeah, it'll be yeah, it'll be a good. Yeah, game. It's been a good addition having the the Welsh and Irish teams. Um, I thought it was a good idea. Um, as you say, it's you'd never get a chance to go and play a team like this unless you moved down there or you were in Europe. So for guys like us at our level, it's uh, it's a really good addition, I think. And it's a a welcome addition to a lot of the fans as well, getting a a wee a wee trip away. Aye, exactly. It's, I'm sure most of them will make a a day or a weekend of it. So I that's. Fans will find a way to go to these things. It's an exciting time for them. Absolutely, quite right, quite right. What What are you expecting from the new Saints? Obviously, they um, are, are top of the league over in Wales and been champions a, a number of times over the last couple of seasons. I don't know exact, the exact yeah. amount, but they seem to be the dominant team ov- over there. Yeah, I can't lie. I don't know too much about them, obviously, but I do. I do know that they're always champions over there. So, yeah. I must. What I take for that is. There'll be a good side, but I don't know what the standard that league's like compared to the championship. I, I feel that the championship standard overall will be a lot better than that league overall. But yeah. I think the manner in which they win the league each year shows that they must be a top side. And and obviously they get in Europe and seem to pull off a couple of good results in Europe. So they must be they must be a good side. And there's a couple of players have obviously went down there for the Scottish leagues who were good players. So. Yeah, of um, course. Um, had had Declan McManus on the podcast for the last round, and obviously he's went he's went down there and and done really well. He's been scoring goals in in Europe and things like that as well. So they are clearly a good side, and and they they got past East Fife in the last round as well. So yeah, uh, he's a he's a good player, but he seems to score at least a goal a game down there. So yeah, he was always a good goal scorer in Scotland. Not quite to that that level, which is why I'm that's the only kind of thing I can compare it to. Where our leagues. Um, 
I think a guy, I'm sure his name's Brad Young, he played with Air last year. Right. He's a decent player, he's down there now as well. So, uh, it must be, I think it'll be a competitive game between the two of us. I don't think it'll be a, an easy game for any of us. It'll be quite an evenly matched tie, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, what, what do you make to, to Abro's start to the season? It's been a wee bit up and down so far. Yeah, I mean, it started very slowly in the, the League Cup and the first two or three league games. It was a slow start for a few different reasons. It was a couple of injuries, a couple of players that were had their eye, like we had their eye on, they just hadn't signed yet. They ended up signing a couple of games into the season. So it took a wee while for everything to click together and get our shape and our uh, personnel right. But once we got that, we went on a really good run and... That's been very disappointing to lose the last couple of games, yeah. but it's we went on a good run, and it, that's when the bad weather hit. We had we had a week where we never trained once, and then we had our two games in a row called off, and I don't think that helped us. I think especially being part time in that full time league, where the full time teams will have training facilities and doors and stuff to keep doing stuff. We were we were very limited to what we could do, and I think we felt that our first game back was. Dundee United away and we did feel off it a little bit felt a bit slower to react to things in them and it's um, it's not an excuse but I think it's definitely a factor into the reason why we had dipped the last couple of games but we're looking to try and bounce back on Saturday yeah yeah absolutely and and that's what I was, I was <coughs> going to come to that um, what what is it like playing for a a part time club in a league made up of, of full time teams Um. I think you adapt to the the environment that you're in, so you just become used to that, accustomed to it. I think obviously there is you have to kind of bridge the gap a little bit and yeah, almost be disciplined and do your. I think each of us will do our own thing out of football as well, whether it's a, a gym session or maybe an extra night doing a little bit of running. Yeah, I think you have to do that. Yeah, you'll get away with not doing it for a few weeks but over the course of a season where you want to keep competing you have to you have to be doing this and almost acting like a professional although it is difficult yeah yeah and obviously for a club like Arbroath um, it'd be difficult to, to go on and, and win the League Cup or the Scottish Cup but this competition provides that wee bit more of an opportunity to go on and do that so what would it mean for you to, to win that bit of silverware in, this, in the SPFL Trust Trophy? Uh, ah, you're right. It's the Scottish Cup and the League Cup. Will, there's almost no chance now, especially with how strong like Celtic and Rangers are. I mean, you could fancy yourself and nick a result against a Premier League side on a one-off, but yeah. the old firms are that's a big ask. I mean, Premier League sides struggle to beat them. Yeah. So, yeah, this cup, I think I like to try and take this seriously because it is it is a realistic chance to silverware for well for part-time teams and for especially championship sides who'll be favourites to win most ties so yep. like I, I think it's a lot of teams end up sometimes can rest players but I don't see why you would want to do that when there's a chance to I mean to give your fans a, a day they'll maybe remember forever not many teams actually win any silverware at all yeah exactly so I've, I've actually been lucky enough to win this cup before when I played with Livingston so I remember that day, it was a really good day and to have a me- it was my first senior medal as well, so it was good. Yeah, so obviously you, m- you mentioned the fans there, you know, our broth of a real community club, you've been there for a number of years and 
it would be it would mean a lot to you and and to the to everyone at the club really for to get to be able to give back to the fans by by winning this competition. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, our fans are quite happy just with how we have done over the years and got them up to the championship and stayed there for five six seasons. But now their fans get used to that and. They want. They always want something else. So I think it's probably the one competition we've let ourselves down in a little bit. But it's one of them. The more you you get through the rounds, you end up thinking, you know what? If you can win this, you're into a, a semi final. Yeah. That'll become like a, a massive game. Probably one of the biggest games of a lot of guys' careers. So. Yeah. It's um. It would be brilliant to to give the fans a big tie like that. We have a chance to get to a final where you'd probably you would take thousands to that game. Yeah, hundred percent and. Obviously, you won't you won't uh, you won't want to be looking too far ahead. But if you do get past the new Saints on Friday, it's Falkirk or Dundee United in, in the next round. So that would be another another hard game if you get there. Yeah, um, I don't really want to look to that because that will be a tough game. Like, um, yeah, best if it's Dundee United because, as I say, we're just off the back of a really bad defeat from them. But it'll be a complete different game in a cup tie. Yeah, for sure. We'd obviously have learnt through the previous game, but yeah, the new Saints will need to try and look after that first because they'll be doing the exact same as us and looking at potentially a big tie next round. Um, we'll just have to try and take care of them first, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And so for the rest of the season, both in the league and in the SPFL Trust Trophy, what, what are your expectations and what are your hopes? Um, expectations... Realistically, I, I do expect us to finish top half of the table, pushing for playoffs. That's my. I think we could do that, and I think. Yeah. I think we're all we're good enough, a good enough team, and got good enough players to, to do that. And um, I know that the, everyone's expectations in that league are probably the same. Except Dundee United's probably to win the league, but the rest yeah. of the teams will all be saying, we want to be pushing for playoffs, and obviously it's not possible every team does that. So you have to. It's about a bit of consistency to try and get through the if you're on a sort of bad run yourself, you don't want to let that run go on for too long. We've worked really hard the last last two training sessions on putting that extra bit of effort into trying make sure we get a result on Saturday and put the two results to bed that happened the last previous two weeks. So if you can if you can do that and not let a defeat or two get your head down and go on a big run, I think you're well capable of being up that league. Because if you put two or three wins together, you'll jump a couple of positions regardless of where you are. So I think that's that's where we're at. We want to be pushing there and obviously hopefully get into a semi-final with the, the Trust Trophy as well and see, give ourselves an opportunity to, to play in a final. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, any team can, anyone can beat anyone in the Championship. It's As we all know, it's a bit of a crazy league and I'm sure you'll know that. Better than most, yeah. but um, so what? What is it like? Play, you know, there's a lot said about about the manager at Arbroath, Dick Campbell. He's a character and things like that. But what is he actually like as a manager? Ah, he's, he is obviously a character, but it's, a lot of that's he's not like that with us all the time. He's it kind of can be a bit more serious, and yeah. um, he's quite simple actually as a manager. I wouldn't say he complicates things. It's just training is pretty simple it's it's got a sort of theory of just treating us like adults and 
he sort of signs players that he trusts to go and do what he asks. So, um, none of us are overcoached, I don't think. It's just we, we know our roles on the pitch, and he signs, that's how a lot of guys have been there for years. He yeah. likes to, to sign people that fit the mould to do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I can remember from a couple of seasons ago where you um, you ran close to, to getting promoted behind Kilmarnock and it, the whole way through the season he was saying that your objection was to stay up even though you were flying. So he's obviously, it, it doesn't let you get too too high when, when things are good either. Yeah, I think it's important in anything, even in any other aspect in life as well, not when things are going well, not to get too high because it's when you get feel like that, there's always going to be a come down. So you want to try and stay a bit more level headed, whether it's a positive result or a negative result. You don't want to be too down, don't want to be too high. But it's just a, it's just one game, it's three points. So um, I think obviously our to stay up in the league, it's it's good that our both kind of in our year in the championship. But deep down, I think fans want a bit more than that, and yeah. we've been there for five six years now, so. I'm not afraid to admit that finishing eighth in my eyes is a disappointment for myself. That, the manager might disagree with that, but I can only talk on what I believe. Um, I I think the players we've got and the experience we've got now, I think we should be pushing a lot higher than that. And obviously, we've, there's only one season we've finished eighth, the other four we've finished higher than that. So um, there's no reason why we can't go up and push again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Michael, um, all the best for your, your trip to the New Saints next Friday and all the best for the rest of the season. Thank you. Bye. No problem. Thank you. Cheers. Now, if you listen to the podcast, you'll know what that means. That's time for the SPFL Trust Football Power Prediction League. And before we get into our predictions for the quarterfinal, let's have a run through of the round four results. East Kilbride 2, Hamilton Ackies 5. Falkirk beat Queen's Park 1-0. Morton 4, Kelty Hearts 1, Queen of the South 1, Arbroath 2, Wraith Rovers 3, Montrose 1, the New Saints 2, East Fife 2 and the New Saints 1 on penalties and Peterhead 0, Dundee United 2. And last time out I went up against Craig Wilson from Big Hearts and we predicted what minute the first goal of the round would be scored in and I said the 7th minute, Craig said the 9th and Robbie Muirhead scored for Green at Morton in the 3rd minute which means I was closer so I picked up the point for the last round, which pulls me level. Um, so it's game on. And in, in this round, we're going for a straight prediction of results. And I'm going against Ryan, again from Arbroath FC Community Trust. And yeah, before I get into my predictions, Ryan, I'll, I'll have a bit of a run through of the results, uh, of the uh, upcoming quarterfinal fixtures, sorry. It's Hamilton Ackies versus Wraith Rovers and a repeat of last year's final. Falkirk welcome Dundee United. Arbroath travel to face the New Saints and it'll be Airdrieonians against Green at Morton at Capelo. So Ryan, I'll go through through my predictions first and, and again the first one you won't particularly like is I'm going to say that the New Saints will have just enough to beat Arbroath after they edged past East Fife in the last round. I think the home advantage there will maybe just be maybe just be a wee bit too much and I'm, I'm saying that because I'm assuming that you're going to take our broth, so we need to be a wee bit different. Um, I'm backing Wraith to get one over on Ackies and get a wee bit of revenge for last season's cup final. Dundee United to have a wee bit too much for Falkirk, even though the game's taking place in Falkirk. 
And I think, you know, that's a wee bit of a difficult one, but Airdrie Onans, I think they'll sneak past Morton. So that's that's my prediction there. Not bad predictions, not bad. Don't know if I agree with a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't expect you to, but... No, it's an interesting one. It's, uh, I think there's a cup competition. I know. There's always, there's always a chance. There's yeah. always a chance. I think we'll, we'll have to address the elephant in the room, obviously, <laughs> which is TNS against Arbroath. I think for, for me, you know, Arbroath playing in Europe is, is, is always <laughs> going to be a big thing. So for me, it's got to be Arbroath. I think it'll be a close game. Yeah, don't, don't think it'll be a, a runaway one. Um, I was a bit... Buoyed by the fact that East Fife took them as close as it did, so yeah. you know there's there's a there's a hope there. Um, if anybody wants to watch Mikey McKenna's McKenna's goal against Queen of the South, feel free. That's a goal of the season contender. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's I think that's a close one, but I think yeah. I think we edge it. Um, Hamilton Wraith Wraith are absolutely flying. Yeah, they're doing well. Um, they're doing well. They've come up. They've I mean they look good last year, but they've yep. they've come up and they're 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 flying. Mm-hmm. Uh, Falkirk Dundee United. Obviously, we've we didn't have a good time against Dundee United a week ago, but again, even I think with home advantage, yeah, I think United will be too strong. I think yep. they'll, you know, they're they're performing very well. It's really slick football at the moment, um, and I think this is probably the one I'm going to go against John. To be honest, yep. well, two that I'm going to go against John, <laughs> but. I don't know, I think Morton have got to come good. I think there's, yeah. there's got to be a time where you come good and maybe because they're not massively performing in the league at the moment, cup competitions always want to just have a go. From what I've seen of, of Morton, they've got some good players, but you know, having watched them on, on Friday night on the television, they were a goal down after 20 seconds, I think, and then another goal down after another six minutes. So they might they might come good by the, by the time this fixture comes round, but... You know, I'm I'm back in Airdrie, but no fair play for for your predictions and good luck, but not not too much. <laughs> and thank you again for for coming on the podcast. Much appreciated. No worries. That's all we've got time for on today's podcast. If you want to learn more about the SPFL Trust, check out their Facebook and Twitter, or visit www.spfltrust.org.uk forward slash trophy to learn more about the work they do and the SPFL Trust Trophy. And for information about today's topics and participants you can take a look at the episode notes. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you in the next one. This is the SPFL Trust Football Powered Podcast.